With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Live from the DraftKings Sportsbook and Wild Rose Studio, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Welcome back into the 11 o'clock hour. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Uh, back into college basketball. Adam Emenecker, former Drake Bulldog momentarily. Look forward to picking his brain on the Thursday matchup against Wichita State. And Michael Swain covers Iowa State at 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. We'll get the latest on Iowa State. But right now he's Adam Emenecker and he's back with us. Adam, as always, we're grateful for your time. How are you, Adam? And... Um, where were you when the announcement came? Were you like most people in front of a TV watching the unveiling of the brackets? No, a- absolutely, Ken. Great to talk to you guys, Ken and Trent. And, and 100%, that's, that's what I was doing. I was sitting in front of a TV, hopeful that two things, first and foremost, to see Drake's name get called and, and be a part of the bracket. But secondly, that it would be early on in the show right. rather than at the end and making everybody sweat bullets. But I was I was very happy to see Drake in that last four in game, uh, the opportunity to play against Wichita State, a former Valley foe. So really happy for the team, happy for the university, and happy for the city of Des Moines. A lot of excitement still brewing around this bunch. I think a lot of people satisfied with uh, with an NCAA tournament appearance. Pretty special. You know, going back to the first four and Iowa getting there for the first time under McCaffrey. There's been a lot of back and forth about. Are you actually in the tournament? Regardless, I said, I'm an Iowa fan. And seeing them after going through the Lick Lighter era, walking out with that NCAA logo at midcourt, they were in the tournament for me. How about for you? As an alum for Drake, they go out there playing in the tournament for the first time since you were playing. Are they in the real tournament in your mind? Well, listen, I mean, the real tournament are the teams that get in. And mm-hmm. if they let 68 teams in, 68 teams are in the real tournament. If they expand it to 120, you better believe 120 teams are going to be hanging a banner in their gym, right? So, yes, without question to me, this is the real tournament. Now, is it different if you're a one seed versus if you're in the last four in and Drake, it looks like, was the last team in the tournament? Mm -hmm. Is it different in terms of the success of your season? Sure. Does that change anything on an ongoing basis in terms of how you viewed uh, the, the progress, to your point, going from where you were to where you are. I mean, think about this. Three years ago when DeVries took over, when Darren DeVries took over, there were two guys on the roster. The entire team was gone. And all of a sudden now, here we are three years later, I think Drake fans are very happy to be arguing about how good the 20-win seasons are and if being the 68th team in the tournament is as good as the 64th. Listen, this is all on the cake. 
so it is it is very exciting and something that the entire team, the entire program should be proud of. You know, I want to go back to a former teammate of yours, or I thought put it very well way back when you guys were in the tournament, but I'm assuming that this will be the same case on Thursday night. Clayton Corver said he couldn't wait to run out on the blue carpet. And, you know, when he, when he said it, I thought, well, that's kind of a different way of looking at it. But you know what? I get what he means. And he's, you guys had a chance, like all the other teams, to run out on the blue carpet. That meant something to him. Do you remember that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think a little bit of, you know, it's funny. When you go through those experiences and you're 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, it, it's all a blur a little. But, you know, I, I think there are certain things that were very memorable, like, the first time you get to see the NCAA patch on your uniform. Uh-huh. Never really saw it like that before. Going out on shoot-around and, uh, you know, just getting to play on a floor with the NCAA logo. Going to press conferences and, you know, going from having a strong presence to, holy crap, there's a lot of people out there. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just, it is it is a different feel and it's a grander scale and I think those things, even though you're focused on the game, even though you're focused on the moment, those are those are the little things that uh, that make it feel a little extra special and really stick in your mind. So we'll see them uh, be able to run out on the floor coming up on Thursday as the first four has moved a little bit from the past. I mean, we could be getting ready for the game right now. It'd be happening here right. this evening in the past, either today or tomorrow. A little bit different, a little bit more ramp up going forward with it too. Let's uh, take a look at Wichita State. We know them from back in the days of the MVC, obviously, but the Shocker program got to the heights they did. Now, new head coach Isaac Brown did a really good job with this group. Not many people anticipated this team was going to bring home a regular season title in the American. No, no. And, and you know, I think with all the hullabaloo that happened in the offseason for this Shocker ball club, and, and very familiar to people in this area, right, because of their legacy in the Valley, but I think one of the things that's very apparent, so you look at their record 16 and five, they didn't play as many games as a lot of people like everyone. They went through a few COVID breaks here and there. But if you look at their five losses, they lost to mostly tournament teams. So you look at a 10 point loss early in the season to Mizzou. Mizzou was playing well, especially early in the year. A three point loss to Oklahoma State, who's on that four line. They lost by seven at Houston. Houston, obviously a team that a lot of people have pegged as a, as a final four potential. So that, that's three of their five losses and then a loss to Cincinnati down the stretch and, and a, a, actually their worst game against Memphis early in the year. So this is a team that's a really solid ball club. And, you know, years ago, Greg Marshall had the adage for his group play angry. This isn't quite the same as that group. They're not as talented as some of the other Wichita State teams in the past. But this is a really, really good group. This is a guard-heavy group. Tyson Etienne, 17 points a game, really can score it at all levels. And so I I think it's going to be similar to the Wichita State teams that Drake fans and Valley fans have been used to seeing over the course of the years. Good athletes, hard-nosed, play hard on defense, and really rebound the basketball. Uh, Any news on Hemphill? I think one of the uh, times you joined us in the regular season was the day after he got hurt in a regular season game when we were speculating what the future held for him. Apparently, uh, the the word was uh, he wasn't going to be able to play in the Valley, but by the time the NCAA tournament rolls around, if they were fortunate enough uh, to hear their name called, that Hemphill was going to be ready to go. Any update pursuant to that that you're aware of, Adam? So all I've heard, I think, is what everyone else has heard, which is hopeful, but to be determined. And and so I think uh, what what Coach Darren DeBreeze has said publicly, which is what I've heard, is he is still, but they haven't cleared him yet. 
And so I, I think there are uh, there are a lot of Drake fans, and obviously probably no one more so than Chenquan Tank Hemphill that is uh, hoping for that clearance to uh, to get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. I mean, even without him, obviously what Drake has shown is an ability and a willingness to fight and to battle and to not give in and not give up, no matter how the sticks how the chips are stacked against him. But boy, that is that is a heck of a reprieve to have your best athlete, your leading scorer, your leading rebounder back on the floor, even if he's not quite 100%. And it really looks like a game, Wichita, not the biggest team, where him, along with Brody inside, maybe can eat in there. That that seems to be possibly a really good matchup for Drake as you get into that part of it. How about the uh, the players? Obviously, they didn't know until Sunday that they were getting in. So they get the flight. You make your way to Indianapolis. Have you talked to DeVries? Have you talked to any of the players, anything? How it's gone since they've basically been in quarantine in Indianapolis? Yeah. Well, and that, you know, I think what's funny is automatically what you go to, so you have this great opportunity, right, Trent? You're playing in the NCAA tournament. You're super excited. It's what you've worked for all year for a lot of these guys. It's what they've worked for their entire lives to get to this point. And the first thing you can think of is none of you can screw this up. (laughs) Let's make sure we are as careful, we are as cautious as possible, because we saw in conference tournaments, whether it was Northern Iowa and the stuff that happened in the Valley Tournament, whether it was Duke in the, the ACC Tournament, and we saw the Missouri State women opting out of the Valley Tournament as well, COVID is, is very much still here, and it's very much top of everybody. So I think for the, for the Drake team, for the players, for the coaching staff, doing everything they can to abide by every rule, abide by every restriction, get through the next couple of days, stay mentally sharp, and then wanting to get on the floor and appreciate the experience and play the best they can. I think the short-term focus is let's get through today, let's get the negative test, and then let's have an opportunity to play. Adam Emenecker, a couple more minutes uh, with the former Drake Bulldog. Adam, uh, with with the injuries to Penn uh, and as uh, with, to Hemphill, as we discussed earlier, I thought that uh, the DeVries really hurt his bench. Therefore, you know, asking a lot of his starters to play, well, in a couple of cases, the entire 40 minutes. Do you think that this past week, having the week off, the Valley Tournament, you know, kind of is the unofficial beginning of March Madness, along with a couple of other tournaments. I like the fact they get out in front. And then have that week. Sure, there were some sleepless nights wondering if they were going to hear their name called. But just the fact that they were able to heal their bodies, uh, which had to have been tired after playing as many minutes as they were asked to do down the stretch. Yeah, and I, I think that's a great point, Ken. I mean, the, the Drake team played 11 games in 26 days. And so you're playing basically every other day. And then you get into the Valley Tournament. You play three games. It would have been three games in three days, but a little retrieve with the uh, with the COVID issues to help Drake advance. But that being said, you know, I, I think for more so maybe than any other team, Drake was kind of limping to the finish line. And part of the reason they were limping to the finish line is that shortened roster. And so having that extra week in a lot of years, I would argue is a disadvantage because you're not competing at a high level for a period of close to 10 days. Mm. For Drake, however, I would look at it as a significant advantage because of the shortened roster that they have. So it gives everybody an opportunity to get their legs back. It gives them an opportunity to take the nagging injuries and get healthy. It gives them an opportunity to practice again, something they really haven't been able to do too much over the last, call it month and a half or so. And it gives them an opportunity to be fresh. Now, does that mean that coach Darren DeVries is comfortable not having his full roster? No. I mean, he'd love to have 
Roman Penn be a starting point guard. He'd love to have Tank Hemphill be uh, at 100%. But having that rest might give this team a newfound life and a little bit extra juice, especially coming out in that first game where you're at least going to have one day off between games. And this team's been used to playing back-to-back. And so you got to get by the first one first. But, you know, playing forty, playing one 40-minute game is a lot easier than playing five in a row. Uh, last thing for you, Adam, pursuant to coaches, uh, think back to when you guys were going through it uh, with Keno and the rumors were out there that he's going to you know, move on after the magical season that you guys had. Uh, Darren DeVries' name is going to be associated with some jobs, whether it's in Ames, whether it's in Minneapolis. So was it a distraction to your team with your coach's name being floated out? And then part B of my question, as much as you, as many games as you've done in the Valley, Porter Moser, why isn't he getting his opportunity? Or maybe Maybe he is. What about those two, Adam, to finish up? Yeah, I think maybe a couple of things. So we'll start with what was the experience like. And and what's funny for us going through it, especially in the tournament, you know, things come so fast that as a player, you know, you're not really reacting to it. You're just kind of living moment by moment. And you're not thinking a lot about, is my coach going to be here next year, et cetera, et cetera, partially because you're just, you're worried about the next 10 minutes. And sometimes feel, being in college, it feels like it's going to last forever, right? I mean, that's just the perspective of a 20 or 21 or 22-year-old. I think uh, when we finally heard that Kino was leaving, for me being a senior, it was not as big of a deal, but a little bit of a crushing blow to some of the guys that, that were returning. What I think is different maybe about, about Darren in this situation in particular is the expectation is every single player on this very roster is coming back next year. Plus, they add Tucker DeBreeze, the top 100 recruit, uh, who also happens to be the coach's son, uh, to that mix. And so I think, I think this is very much a top 25 team coming into the season next year. And if you look at the two situations that you talked about, Ken, those aren't top 25 teams next year. So maybe there's an opportunity for more money elsewhere. But I think purely from a basketball situation standpoint, if you fast forward the next maybe one or two years, Drake might be the best basketball situation of any other team out there. And I think that's a little different than some of what we've seen historically. And, you know, it, it helps that I think for Coach DeBreeze in general, part of what he's looking at is he's, he's said all along, I want a place that I can make home. I'm not looking for my next job. That doesn't mean that he's not going to find the next job and be offered a next job and get an offer he can't refuse. But I don't think he's just going to leave just to because this is the next logical step. I think he's looking at how does he really make the right long-term decision for his family. So we'll see how that goes. As far as, as far as Porter Mosier, Porter Mosier, if you remember back to after their final four run, did receive a job offer and he turned it down. Mm. And part of the reason he turned it down, he's been in the coaching profession a long time. He was at Illinois State and got fired there, moved to Loyola. He's been at Loyola a long time. And part of what he said, and I heard this from some of his coaching staff, part of what he said is, Listen, I, I could go and take this job, but I love where I am. I love being at Loyola. I love these kids. I love what we built, and I think there's more to do here. And, boy, back in the tournament now is, uh, you know, playing in that 8-9 game, I think part of what he's shown is what he's built is sustainable. And, you know, the grass isn't always greener. And sometimes you can make more money, but money is short-term. Money is finite, Right. And so I, I think part of the program that we've seen Porter Mosier build at Loyola doesn't mean he won't leave, but I think he's got to be pretty happy with, uh, with the sustainability that he has there in Chicago. 
Adam, uh, thank you for what you did for us throughout the regular season. Enjoy the tournament. Can't wait for it to get started. And we'll be here before we know it and sadly gone before we know it. Adam Emenecker, yeah. thank you. Appreciate it. Yes, thank you, guys. Great to talk to you. Enjoy the games. Can't wait. Best time of year. Indeed, it's a fun time, no doubt. Good to talk to you. Adam Emenecker uh, joining us as we talk a little Drake basketball. What are you going to do? I love Drake in this spot. Do you? I, I don't think Wichita is worth a crap. I really don't. This is not a good team. There's nothing offensively or defensively Mm -hmm. on their fingerprint that that wows you. Uh, Listening to people that follow the American, both Mark Adams, who... uh, Susie Adams on Twitter. Yes, and uh, Gary Parrish from Memphis. They've said the same thing. It's not a very good Wichita team. It just isn't. Good. They won the regular season title, yes, but that was more schedule-based than anything. This is a very winnable game for Drake. I'll tell you one thing. I've already grabbed the two points. Have you? I bet, Good. I think, four games so far out of the first round. That was one of the first ones that I jumped aboard. I really like this matchup for Drake. Even sight unseen, what's going to happen with Tank? And then bring on USC. Yes. Fine for that. Definitely, uh, that is a Brody game against Evan Mosley inside. You're going to need him playing at his highest level. And staying out of foul trouble. Yes. No doubt about that. We'll take a timeout. Let's get back to Iowa State. Michael Swain joins us, 24-7 SportsCycloneAlert.com. Miller and Condon with you until noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, and 100 bets off. March's biggest tournament is finally here. We don't know who will be cutting down the nets in the end, but we do know there'll be no shortage of madness. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $4 on an underdog. Win $256 if they win. It's that simple. Turning 4 bucks into $256 is 64 to 1 odds. There's no better way to put your college back Basketball knowledge to the test and to put your money where your mouth is with DraftKings Sportsbook. Don't worry if college basketball isn't for you. DraftKings Sportsbook offers great odds and promotions on golf, hockey, and so much more. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code KXNO when you sign up to turn $4 into $256 for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Iowa only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sports book for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. As our country climbs out of its slowdown, Wolf Construction chooses to look at the positive trends and face the new challenges head on. But to face these challenges, we need help. Wolf Construction is searching for framing and trim carpenters of all experience levels. If you have a positive attitude, a good work ethic, and if you want an opportunity with a company that offers great pay and benefits, we'd love to have you apply. Click the Now Hiring button at wolfconstruction.net to get started. Be a part of something. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM, this is KXNO. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 on the FM dial. It's kind of... 
finish up to where we started, and that was with Iowa State speculating. We'll also speculate here with Michael Swain, 24-7 SportsCycleAlert.com. Pick his Big 12 brain. Maybe he can help us out a little bit here, because who doesn't have a bracket in front of them? And if they don't now, he certainly will by Thursday, I would assume, if you're listening to this program. And Michael Swain joins uh, Trent and I. Michael, Trent and Ken, thank you for coming on. How are you? Great. It's uh, been a, a busy 12 hours so I bet. far, but uh, I can't complain at all. No, it's good for business, right? Coaching changes are good for business, whether you're a talk show host or whether you've got a, a website uh, that uh, follows Iowa State, as you do at CycloneAlert.com. Well, no surprise that it happened, and uh, now we start the speculation period as to who's going to be the next one uh, in line. T.J. Otzelberger seems to be the easy way out. I know that there's a lot of Iowa State media that are, you know, coming right out and saying uh, that that's who they want uh, to cover the program. T.J.'s got a lot of media friends from when he was here before. But at the same time, and, and uh, Michael, you could probably give us the uh, the pulse of your message board. There's a lot of folks that think T.J. Otzelberger, you'd be settling uh, if indeed that's where you turn. What kind of um, uh, is the consensus of CycloneAlert.com when it comes to T.J. Otzelberger? Yeah, it's been a topic of hot debate, you know, over the last, you know, whatever so weeks that kind of this buzz has started to pop up. Uh, I think the big question is right now is, you know, what job is T.J. Otzelberger going to take that isn't Iowa State right now? Because you look at his record at UNLV, you know, this past season, you know, wasn't great. Won eleven and fourteen, eight and ten in the conference, and you know, he does have ties to Iowa State. He's someone that would fit Iowa State incredibly well. You know, worked under Fred Hoiberg, you know, McDermott as well. But I think that settling mean, I don't know about that because I think he could have a high ceiling at Iowa State with his recruiting ability, mm-hmm. and if he was able to put together maybe the right staff. I feel like that it would have a really high ceiling. But I think maybe you look at some of the other big names that are available that aren't attached right now. You look at maybe like a Thad Mata, you know, a John Beeline. You know, those are two really big names that I think uh, are maybe more sexy names that fans would maybe like to, to see because who doesn't want a, a big name at the face of your program, uh, especially when they've had success at previous schools and had, you know, programs that maybe aren't necessarily, you know, the most basketball-friendly. I think about Thad Mata at Ohio State, being able to build that into where – you know, you go to a Final Four, national title, you know. So I think for Iowa State fans, it's an interesting, you know, point because Jamie Pollard says they want to move swiftly. You know, what does that mean in, in the world of, you know, coaching searches? You know, is that a week? Is that 10 days? Is that two weeks? You know, um, we'll have to see because, you know, Pollard is, I believe, in the Indianapolis bubble right now. So he might be able to talk to people, but also that's just pure speculation on my part. You know, uh, a name that continues to be bandied about from the assistant ranks, and we don't see that a ton, is Jerome Tang at Baylor. Mm-hmm. I know he was on your hot board at Cyclone Alert. And uh, Fran Fraschilla, I think earlier today or he last did. night it was, yep. that was another name here. What can you tell us about Jerome Tang? I'll be honest. Hang on. Be, be clear. You didn't say Fran Fraschilla is a name to coach. You no, said, no, no. right. You, That's, he yes. put out Tang, right? He put Tang out. Yep. Also, what do you know about him, the Baylor assistant coach? Man, he is one of the most well-respected assistant coaches in college basketball. He's been with Scott Drew since he arrived at Baylor, what was it, 18 years ago. He's been kind of the lead assistant, the right-hand man for Scott Drew this entire time. He's someone that, in terms of tactician, you know, he's really good tactically with the X's and O's. But you look at some of the recruiting stuff as well, what Baylor's been able to do over the last two cycles. You think about landing a really high-profile recruit in Kendall Brown. 
um, and they've had a really good recruiting class this year. So if you're looking at a candidate like Jerome Tang, you're looking at someone that's going to be in his first head coaching job at the Power 5 level. He hasn't worked outside of Texas in the college basketball world. You know, he was a high school coach, I believe, before he went Mm -hmm. to Baylor. So you're going down the road of you're hiring someone without, you know, a bunch of head coaching experience, but someone that has literally been at Baylor as they built that program into the power that it is now. So he certainly knows how to build programs. He's really big on the culture. The big thing down there is kind of culture of joy. And I think that that, if they were trying to bring that to Hilton, I think that could really work because you think about, you know, the great Iowa state teams, it's, it's joy, it's fun, it's fast paced, Mm -hmm. it's scoring. Um, And, you know, I don't necessarily know much about maybe what his style of play would be like, because we don't have, you know, head coaching experience of him running his own show, but I think he'd be a very intriguing candidate if Iowa State decides to go the assistant route, but I do think that's a little unlikely. So at, at CycloneAlert.com, Michael, what, what's, the, what's the pulse? Who do, who do the, um, you know, your posters want? If, you, if there was a, you know, a poll type of thing, who would be winning that poll right now? I think it would probably be John Beeline or Thad Mata, just because, as I kind of mentioned, you know, those are really just the two super popular names Dean Altman's been one that's been thrown mm-hmm. around, but I'm a little not. I never understood that hundred percent. Yeah, it's weird. I think the Midwest ties Oregon, um, some of the recruiting stuff maybe as well there. But I think that probably Beeline and Mata are the number one, number two. Um, my personal opinion, you know, I think you know Mark Turgeon over at Maryland would be a really good fit. Midwest ties went to Kansas, got assistant job at Kansas, then coached at Wichita State, mm-hmm. helped rebuild that program, coached at Texas A&M and then had success getting guys in the NBA at Maryland. Um, his contract situation there is a little peculiar. Um, he's in the final two years of the deal. It seems like some Maryland fans and boosters around there maybe want to move in a different direction. So if he's available, that's one that I would definitely look at. But if we're talking about the fans on, you know, on the message boards, it really does seem like you know, the beeline, bad moda types are really the, the popular picks right now. Well, and of course, uh, you do so much at 24-7. I, I'm with you. The Turgeon one, I, mm. I think, is a great, great name to go there. But you do a lot of recruiting at 24-7. The question, Tyrese Hunter. Have you heard mm-hmm. anything from him? I'm sure you've reached out. And also, Jaden Nunn, who is committed to the team, hasn't signed. That'll be a conversation for the new coach. But the biggest one, what have you heard about Hunter? Yeah, um, and I would advise everyone to be skeptical with what you hear about Tyrese Hunter just because they're people around Tyrese Hunter don't talk very much. And so he's going to go through and kind of figure out what happens. And it sounds like right now it's going to involve waiting to see maybe who the next coach is before mm-hmm. making a decision because he does have the opportunity um, to ask out of his national letter of intent to Iowa State because of the coaching change. Um, my indications have been that he had a really good relationship with Steve Prohm and the staff. And um, that that was a really big reason why he committed in the first place. So uh, it's going to be a big job for whoever comes in as the next head coach. You know, you're going to have to make a lot of calls first. Um, but Tyrese Hunter should definitely be one of those initial calls because he is a super high ceiling. And if you're talking about, you know, maybe limiting how big of a rebuild this is in terms of a job, keeping Tyrese Hunter would really go a long way in helping there. Hmm. What are you hearing as far as the transfer portal? The, uh, the the coach that brought him there, I'm talking about the freshman from this year, like a, a Blackwell and uh, even a, a Trey Jackson who was a sophomore this year, uh, a Jane Walker, the, the freshman class, uh, Dunbar or Dubar rather, I think Xavier Foster is going to stay, but what about uh, what about some of the other freshmen or anybody on the roster? What do you expect now that there's been a coaching change? Will there be uh, not a rush to the transfer portal, but there might be a couple of names that uh, we hear about uh, that have uh, put their names uh, in the transfer portal here in the next couple of days? 
Yeah, I think maybe what we'll see happen is a little bit of what happened at Penn State where they've kind of had the interim coach for the year, and then I believe just yesterday they announced they were hiring the head coach, and then this morning they had four or five guys enter the transfer portal. So not saying that Iowa State's going to have four or five guys enter the transfer portal, but a part of me believes that we might wait, or some of the players may wait to see who the next coach is before they decide you know, what avenue they'd like to take with their college eligibility. Um, in terms of the freshmen, I do agree that probably Xavier Foster would stay. You know, just being an in-state guy and mm-hmm. um, really enjoying Iowa State from what I've heard, you know, it seems like he'd be one that's likely to stay. As for the other three, I really don't know. Um, I think that J- or Jaden Walker would be uh, a really important one to keep around because I think he has a super high ceiling as someone that could maybe be a little bit like a Tyrese Halliburton type where he's able to create for others. And I know we've talked about this previously on the show, but um, I think those two are probably the big ones that I look to keep to stay and stick around. But in terms of the specifics, I'm not 100% sure if we're going to see that within the next 24, 48 hours. Blake Henson as well. No, he's not a freshman, sophomore, but a transfer who was here, uh, spent the winter in Ames after he leaves uh, Old Miss. Uh, is, is he content or might he be a guy that uh, seemingly never, never sees the floor at Iowa State? What are you hearing about him, if anything? Yeah, that's tough as well, just because, you know, right now, I think it's one of those, again, where he's probably going to wait and see who the next head coach is. Um, Because I think at that point, you can kind of get a feel for the head coach's vision, what your role might be in in that new coach's program. Um, So I I think for a lot of these guys, you might just, they might just wait and see, because everything that I've heard right now has been that this is going to go very swiftly. So I think that they're going to see an opportunity to kind of maybe wait it out a week, 10 days, however long this coaching search takes to then where then they can make a decision for their best interest, you know, whenever that decision is made from Iowa State hiring a new coach. The Minnesota job is also open to outpost Big Ten, Big 12, upper Midwest. Is the connections with Nico Medved, some of the other names with Minnesota ties, does that throw another layer into this for Iowa State? And secondly, you're a little bit of an outsider. You're a Kansas grad, and you're just starting on the Iowa State beat. What do you think's a better job, Iowa State or Minnesota? Oh, let's start with the last one, because um, I think Iowa State is a better job. I, I think you look at the, the fan base around it. Mm-hmm. I think you look at the conference, the ability to compete. You know, obviously Kansas has done a really good job, you know, the last decade, since, decade plus, really, since Bill Self's been there. But then you look at Baylor as well. Um, but even in the Big Ten, you've got so many high-end coaches, so many teams. You know, it's just so hard to break through there, whereas in the Big 12, you look at it, and there are so many teams that are so competitive that the field is almost so small in terms of a gap to where you can have maybe a bad season or two, but then be able to turn it around because everyone's so competitive with each other. Um, you know, uh, and I also now forgot the first question because I went to the second one first. Well, it was more about just uh, the job being open, Minnesota also being uh, off, yes, okay. and kind of going down so the same type of job at least. For sure. So in terms of the candidates, I don't know if there's necessarily a ton of overlapping stuff. I don't think Nico Medved is necessarily a, a, a potential candidate for Iowa State. I think he might be more fitting for Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I think maybe Craig Smith as well. I know Craig Smith is a Minnesota native, so maybe that's very so appealing is Medved. Be, yeah, being able to Yeah, exactly, being able to go home as well. So I'm not sure for those two names now. I think if you look maybe down the list a little bit, like for me personally, Dennis Gates is a name that I like mm-hmm. a lot. He's a you know, Cleveland State, someone that I really uh, think is a really high-end coach that has some high-end potential. Maybe that's a little bit of an overlap. 
But I think if you look at maybe the top tiers of maybe who the programs are going to target, I'm not necessarily sure if there's a ton of overlap there. Let's pick your Big 12 brain, and we'll start with Kansas. It sounds like Jalen Wilson is the positive on the Jayhawks. Uh, McCormick is on the flight, apparently, was on the flight to Indianapolis, but Wilson was not. Does that mean he's out for uh, for the big dance? Uh, and, and are we right, assuming that Jalen Wilson was the player uh, that did have the COVID? Correct. So uh, that's a report from Jeff Goodman from yesterday that Jalen Wilson was uh, the player that tested positive at the Big 12 tournament, which forced Kansas to withdraw. Um, he can come back once he clears protocols. It, it, I don't believe he'll be available for this first weekend, um, but there's you have to have consecutive days of negative tests. Um, I believe no symptoms as well. So if he's able to do that, um, there's reason to believe that he could be around for you know that kind of that second weekend, Sweet 16, um, the, that round if Kansas were to make it that far. The game against Iowa, is yeah. what you're saying. Okay, he's a good player. I mean, Wilson's mm-hmm. a big part of that team. Trent, well, you and I have sp- spoken a lot mm-hmm. about him and, this and season. And his growth is what yes. kind of led to the resurgence, I think, uh, of Kansas basketball. So take off your reporter glasses, put on your red and blue, I, I guess. I don't even know the actual colors there of the Kansas. The Jayhawks, do you like the draw, though, overall, of course, not knowing who's all going to be there for the Jayhawks? Man, that... Uh, you mentioned it right there a split second ago, but that Iowa draw I don't think is a great matchup for Kansas. <laughs> yeah. um, I look at David McCormick next to Luca Garza, and mm. I'm a little concerned for David McCormick on the defensive end there just because I think if you watch Kansas this year, Dave McCormick is uh, a really hot and cold player. There are games where he looks really good, and then there are games where he looks really bad. And if David McCormick has a really bad game against Luca Garza, I don't think that goes well for, for Kansas. And I think also, you know, you look at their roster – not a ton of big guys. So if Dave McCormick gets in foul trouble, you're looking at a at a power forward, really, and Mitch Lightfoot to come in and play the five. Even though Lightfoot has played a lot of the five, you're going against a Luka Garza who's just so much to handle you know, down low. So I think that's going to be a really tough matchup for Kansas if they were to make it to the Sweet 16. Um, but I, I really don't see them beating Iowa just because I think Iowa is really the real deal. Uh, it will, in your mind, is Baylor the first number one seed to fall? That'll be part one of the two-part question to get you out of here. And if they are, then who becomes the Big 12 team that will go the farthest in this tournament? Ooh, uh, I would say Oklahoma State. If So I, I do think Baylor probably will be the first one seed to go down just because you look you. at the recent trend of them of their recent performances since you know they had the covid pause they've not looked the same we saw it against iowa state we've seen it in several games since i think that's really what's going to leave me thinking they're going to be the one that goes out but i honestly think texas tech might be one that is a tough team to play in the tournament you've got a guard in mac mcclung that can go off for 30 points in any game which you need in march and plus they've got just a stout defense which again really translates, you know, in this time of year where sometimes you see some of the high-flying offenses fall short on one game and ends up being the game that they lose. So I think Texas Tech might have the formula to go far. I would say Oklahoma State, but, man, their bracket is just so, so yeah, tough. Yeah, no doubt about it. Illinois will await. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia is going to be tough in this thing, I think. Of course, Texas is playing their best basketball. Uh, so final thing, uh, Elite Eight, how many Big 12 teams? I have one. Gotcha. Um, I, I think that it's. I think Texas Tech might be my pick there. Um, I just have a, a, a real weird feeling about the Big Twelve this year. I just there's a, a, something about it where you look at a Texas team that has high end potential, but the consistency maybe hasn't been there. Baylor has not looked the same as of late. Same could be said for West Virginia to some degree. 
Um, and then Oklahoma State has a really tough bracket as well. Mm-hmm. So I, I really think it's going to be tough. I really think, you know, the Big 12 did kind of get a little bit of the short end of the stick with some of the, the seeding, especially Oklahoma State seeding. Um, I think that was definitely maybe a mistake on the uh, selection committee's part. But, you know, I think it might be a, a – they've gotten the tough draw, so we'll have to see if they'll uh, they'll pull through. I'm with you. I think West Virginia and Oklahoma State should have been flip-flopped and the committee would have been uh, gotten – and they did get very high praises for what they did, I think, for the most part. But that seemed to be one glaring omission. Michael Swain, Cyclone Alert, 24-7 Sports. Michael, we appreciate you coming on. I'm sure we'll talk in the next few days when we see uh, smoke coming from that chimney in the basketball or in the athletic department uh, at uh, Iowa State. Thank you, Michael. Have a great uh, day and enjoy the opening few days of the tournament. Oh, definitely. Thank you. You guys, too. Good to talk to you. Michael Swain, 24-7 Sports, CycloneAlert.com. So the fan base, it's a Cyclone Alert, kind of iffy on TJ. Not is, alone. It's not. It's 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 not going to be the higher than maybe it would have been when Prome was hired. It seemed like TJ yeah. was the consensus. Um, Pollard wanted him. Didn't get his way. President flexed his muscle. Do you go back down that road? I think it's too late. I think that ship has sailed. I, I think too. you've you've missed the opportunity. The window that was there that would have made sense. Mm-hmm. And you can't put the genie back in the bottle. You can't get the band back together. It mm-hmm. just... Randy Peterson, who I, I, I have a great deal of respect for. And by the way, if, uh, if nothing breaks, is going to join us tomorrow, uh, early in the program tomorrow. Uh, reading between the lines of PD's piece... And we were trying to let him listen to him yesterday because I tried to get him on today, and he kind of had a feeling that they were on the verge of some news, mm-hmm. and he didn't want to commit because <laughs> of that. Um, like he's got a ton of connections, right? As yeah. you would imagine, his article, I, I get the sense he thinks it's TJ. It's TJ, and it's done. For I got that. That was that yeah. was my takeaway, and that's from how I read it too. Yeah, yeah. So, well, he's going to join us tomorrow. We'll find out straight from the reporter's mouth, not the horse's mouth. So speaking of reporters, this is kind of interesting. At least I found it interesting. Um, you let uh, let it be known that Iowa was only given five credentials mm-hmm. for the NCAA tournament. And then we got to speculating who they were going to go to. Right. And I... I mean, the register's going to get two. They're going to get two. Mark Emmert and Chad Leistikow will both get. So that's so one entity. And it's a pig's paper in the state. I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Michael Oss has to get one. Yes. Because he was on the road with them constantly. He was. And does a great job at the Cedar Rapids Gazette. Quad that, City Times gets one. And that is who? Doxy? It, or? Doxy's going to get it. It was either him or Batterson. Yep. But. Also remember that newspaper is syndicated across the state. So the article that the Quad City Times is also going in the Waterloo Courier, the Mason City Globe Gazette, Makes the sense. Sioux City Journal, it is across the state syndicated. Lee Enterprises owns it, so that makes sense. And the Daily Iowan gets the other one, and yep. that absolutely is the right way Student to go about this. Student yep. newspaper gets that one. But you know what's missing? Dot coms. Yeah. They got shut out in this. And one in particular, because Caker travels. He did. Tom Caker travels, whether it's football, whether it's basketball. Mm-hmm. Tom is spends rivals' money and is willing to, fo- to follow that. T- I'm kind of surprised the register got two, to be honest with you. Well, and I wonder if it has something to do with the Iowa City Press Citizen. If they, in- uh. they split it. Well, they could, they probably sh- maybe could have split it. Opening weekend goes to whoever draws the short stick, Emirates. Yeah. The following week, Leistikow gets it. That would make sense too. That would make sense to me. 
Look, I'm a registered subscriber. I'm glad they're both going to be yes. there. But at the same time... And this is nothing against Chad or No, or absolutely not. I, I'm just surprised that... Um, Somebody that was there all season. Yeah, that that's the way that they divvied them out. No dot-coms whatsoever. And no flexibility either. It is five for each program so that is out there. So what will they do for the TV stations? It's a good question. Is that... Will, they, will there be a, an in-house feed that they get? That they get funneled to highlights? Does the ABC Indianapolis affiliate, they send their guy, and NBC Indianapolis and... I would think that that would be the case. In fact, I think that's how they handled the Big Ten tournament. Is I don't think that if... I don't believe in... And I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think... I think I'm right. I don't think 5, 8, or 13 were there. 13 okay. was getting video, but I've never seen a dude that was... Um, that was holding the microphone. Standing out front, I've never doing seen that one. shot that right. we've seen for years and years and years. Right. I, so I, I think that there's a stringer again. Different year. Um, I know that uh, one to three time slot would be able to collect yeah. me. Um, they got a little more info on that. Yeah. Than it's, uh, Register got two. <laughs> uh, Cedar Rapids Gazette gets one. A loss. Right move there. You think it's Doxy that's going to be there? Yes. From the Quad City Times and then the Daily Iowa. We will take a timeout, come back. Uh, well, here's the other thing, too, though. Does, did Emmerich cover Drake? Oh. Oh. That's a really good point. Uh-huh. Where you're kind of, you're splitting it up in that direction. I wonder if that's the case. Because uh-huh. they're going to be there on Thursday night. Interesting. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. And you kind of two birds with one stone mm-hmm. type of thing. Mm-hmm. Scott Dockerman told us yesterday he's virtually credentialed, right. so he gets to take participate in the zooms, etc. Uh, maybe something that does that doesn't uh, interest anybody else, but it does me. Anyways, we'll come back, uh, wrap up the program. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, fourteen sixty KX and Owen. What retailers near you? Trek Hadden here to let you know my good friends at Renner's Warehouse are in heavy demand right now in Des Moines for three reasons. One, the rental market is booming. People rent during uncertain times, and homes are getting leased fast. Two, with professional video marketing and self-showing technology, Renner's Warehouse meets all healthy and safety guidelines for our social distancing world. And three, with regulations changing so quickly, more people are learning that using an experienced property manager is far less stressful than trying to do everything yourself. Now is not the time to DIY or mess with inexperienced property managers. For a low, flat monthly fee, Renner's Warehouse will take the grunt work off your plate with no upfront fees and no paperwork or 3 a.m. maintenance calls. Plus, they can help you turn your part-time rental into a full-time cash flow machine. And if you're a real estate agent, they're offering cash payments for referrals. Go to RentersWarehouse.com to book your free home rental price analysis today or call 515-528-4429. That's 515-528-4429. Renters Warehouse, Des Moines. You'll always... Global Direct Mail and Marketing is a local design and print shop that'll help you from start to finish. From design to printing and mailing it for you. From wedding invitations to birth announcements. No matter how big or small your project is, Global will work with you from creating a custom design to getting your project inserted into the mail. And Global can help your business grow with custom mailers designed to help you bring new customers through your doors. Call Craig at 515-282-3000. 282-3000. It's Global Direct. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back. One minute left of show. Trent's got the shakes. I, I can't bet on anything. Do you like anything in hockey tonight? He says to me during the break. <laughs> you see me shaking over here, don't you? Do you? Do you have, what are you going to do tonight? I don't. I didn't play anything last night. I just didn't. I just sat it out. Yeah. 
And I'll probably do the same. I saw you tweeting with the Action Fanatics, and yeah. you're trying to figure out what you got, what you were all going to bet on. And I was about to tell you to bet against my Jets yeah. last night, but I just couldn't do it because I didn't want to. Go didn't want to jinx them or yeah, you just. Uh, I knew they'd get clobbered last night. You got a winner for me in hockey tonight? I no, nothing I didn't. Not out, nothing huh? that's uh, any value at all. What are the Islanders over Washington? The Islanders minus one fifteen, basically a pick them yeah, in that. Though two really good teams, Wild should win tonight. Well, you can scratch your itch. When does the NIT start? Tomorrow. There you go. How about uh, I go Wild, Lanch, Parlay? Those are two winners. There it is. Those are two winners. Ugh, hockey. Throw Carolina in. Do oh, a three teamer. Oh. All right. Carolina over Deet. Look out. Murph and Nandy coming your way at 1. Fanatics slide in at 3. Morning rush tomorrow morning at 6. We're Miller and Condon. Weekdays 10 to noon. 1460 KXNO. 106.3 FM.